so welcome to the next edition of mark my words the podcast where um, we bring you information advice and insights from some great people so today i've got william from manabu learning with me so welcome william hello hi mark How are you doing? i'm doing good glad to be here good stuff good stuff i love i love your background by the way it's great thank you thank you so William, can we start with, can you tell us who you are and, and what you do, if that's okay? Yes, of course. So as you said, my name is William Redpath. I run a company called Manabu Learning. So I set this company up last year. Um, and I think that it's always helpful to provide a little bit of context about why I set the company up. It's much more interesting than explaining what we do, I think. So I worked for eight years in a small company here in Belfast, which um, my accent maybe gives away. Um, and I guess that I noticed that for a long time, maybe even within myself, that there were a lot of people that had uh, quite a negative relationship with their career. And I felt that through conversations with my colleagues and indeed people from other companies, that the reason for that was uh, mainly due to a lack of investment and perceived lack of investment in, in them and their career and their personal development. So, uh, and then the knock-on effect, of course, Mark, for that were things like low morale, I guess a negative kind of culture, but also people kind of leaving the organization. So there was a, a staff turnover implication for it as well. Um, so really what I wanted to do when I set up this business was I wanted to do something for those people and maybe even myself uh, back then and uh, be an organization that would help companies um, invest in their staff help companies save money by stopping losing people, by uh, putting the putting the plug in, um, and to do that in a, in a really meaningful way. So I guess the company then getting on to what we do, we do different things. So um, a big thing we've been doing over the last year and a bit through COVID has been our virtual events or virtual team building events, which have been really successful. Uh, we also provide advice on learning development strategies for companies. And increasingly, uh, we're doing a bit of executive coaching, um, and it's been a real joy to, to uh, be on that journey with yourself as well. So, uh, But it's all about people development. It's all about people. It's all about um, helping people feel like they're on the right path um, in, their, in their career and helping employers as well um, to get the most out of their people, I think, and that potential. Great. Thank you. And I've, I know I've um, been on a couple of your virtual workshops um and, and games as it were before which are absolutely fantastic and i know we've done some work together as well so yeah highly recommended and um and yeah you've mentioned that we're we're sort of on that coaching course together journey which is is great as well it's been a massive eye-opener for me i have to say okay so i think what you said there as well what you began to say there is that you kind of alluded to that um if people feel a bit stuck in in their job or I often call it that Sunday night dread, you know, when you think, mm. oh, it's back to work on Monday. So, and and that's really difficult. So what, if people are thinking about setting up their own business and running their own business, what do you love most about doing that for yourself, if that makes sense? Um, I It's it's how I feel. It is how I feel as a person. I like, uh, you said that's Sunday night dread. Um, I don't really get that. I think uh, I was about to say it's maybe because I don't do any work anymore. <laughs> I do, I do do work. I do do work, um, but I definitely, I definitely don't get that. And I was, th I was actually thinking about this over the last couple of days and wondering why that was. And um, not to do too too much navel gazing, but I, I really do think that um, for me, it's because I feel more comfortable in my own skin. I feel like when I go to work on Monday, um, that I'm myself and I'm proud of who I am. And when I show up, I show up as myself. I think whenever I was working, excuse me, whenever I was working uh, in, my, in my old job, I didn't do that. I was turning up as somebody else and turning up as a bit of an imposter. And um, I think that was the big, big thing that did it for me. So the thing I enjoy most about running my own business is that I can turn up my, as myself, I think. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a really, I think that's a really wonderful thing to be able to do. Uh, as much as it's hard and it is hard and certainly at the start you know you've got to take a bit of a hit in terms of your personal finances and all that stuff but um i think it's it's that thing it's the feeling that you have in your heart i think is the most important mm -hmm. and um and it's a good feeling 
great thank you and it's really interesting because i think like um you you and i both have got um part-time jobs as well working in a salaried um role in in terms of charities as well so, mm-hmm. so you, you still do that kind of um i do working for somebody else as well so but 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 you still feel like you you're the authentic you as it were yes um yeah and just to speak to that as well uh, and what a, what a great question i think that the job that I now do, I mean, I'm not stacking shelves in Tesco, if you know what I mean. I, I know some people when they start a business will, will take any work and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and I guess as if you get your eyes in the prize, it's all good. I think for me, though, working for the organization that I work for, which is Youth Action Northern Ireland, um, which uh, seeks to change the life chances of, of young people that live here. Um, I think that it's a job that I really enjoy doing. I really enjoy the, the work. Uh, I'm given a lot of autonomy in that um, in that organization. I'm given a lot of flexibility in terms of how I work. So they're very accommodating and aware of the business that I run and, and they're happy to work around me in that respect. But the work is interesting and the work is about transformation, it's about development. The only difference, I guess, is that we're working with 16 to 24 year olds outside of formal education. <laughs> we're, not, uh, we're not working with corporates in the way that we might through our business. So I think that... Um, I think that the work in itself actually is quite complementary to what I do. So there's a lot of a lot of crossover and a lot of learnings in that mm-hmm. sense as well. So um, yeah, I think if you can, and just just to, just to say to that as well, I think that not everybody that's going to be listening to this is going to be starting their own business, and that's not necessarily for everyone either. Mm-hmm. So I think I would say that. For me, one of the reasons why I enjoy what I do now, and I mean that by what I do, like what happens when I get out of bed in the morning, is because I feel like I'm on the right path now. I feel like I'm kind of heading in the right direction and where I want to be going in my life. And I think that's sort of the goal rather than um, worrying so much about where's where's the, you know, when's this going to become a million dollar enterprise? Um, when am I going to be running this organization? It's like, if you feel like you're on the right path and the right journey, and you will know that because you'll feel it, um, I think then that the other stuff starts to fill in, I think, around that for me. So mm. doing the doing the part-time work for Youth Action is all part of that picture of my life. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's kind of special in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's almost something about that job satisfaction and, and you, that transformation piece, like you say, in in although you're doing different things it's actually you are making that transformation both in terms of young people and also what you're aiming to do through through your business would you say uh yes i think that's that's that'll be the conventional term i just took about five minutes to say it (laughs) job satisfaction is key of course and that i think i guess that's how i feel about my job and as i say there's lots of factors that feed into that both in terms of the disciplines of the work itself which are enjoyable but also um the management style the culture of the organization the constant learning and progression that, and the investment that goes into the staff so all the sort of things that i guess i try to do in my organization and try to do in my work and how i feel about that i think like those are all the things that happen so yeah jo- the job satisfaction for me is 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 huge okay thank you so how do you manage all that so it, so it sounds like you're a very busy person i know you do voluntary work as well and play sport and stuff on top of all that how do you manage all that and, and juggle all those different commitments different tasks even the headspace you know um i think the first thing that i've learned uh which has been a good thing is that uh life is long <laughs> and um the the whole thing around tasks and completing tasks, which we all from, you know, 9am, probably before 9am and Monday, uh, we all get into the world of doing. It's kind of, um, it's actually knowing that if you don't do the thing, nobody's going to die, hopefully. Um, You know, uh, the fact that you don't do the social media update or whatever it is, all these things you have to do with your day. I think that the first thing and the way my mindset changed around that uh, was that, to pace myself uh, because when I started my business I wasn't doing that and you know I would would have been regularly sitting there on a Saturday night for example uh, just working um, and again I understand there's different pressures for different people and um, but for me very much 
it it's just getting that into my head that it's about pace. Then the next question is, how do you manage that? I think that uh, I'm, uh, I know when I'm productive uh, and listening to your body, I think it's a good way of doing it. So for example, this morning, I get, I get out of bed this morning. I wasn't feeling particularly well. I wasn't able to really concentrate. Um, so I just took an hour off and I was like, I'm just not going to try and work and I'm just going to go out for a walk and do that. And that's what I did. And then we came back, had a cup of coffee and I felt a little bit more productive. So I guess um, having that kind of mindset, knowing what times you're productive. And then I think the third thing as well is like knowing where you're productive as well. Like uh, I know that if I'm sitting in the house all day, I will get distracted. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And fortunately, over the last while, I've been able to go up to uh, our offices in Belfast and Youth Action and do a bit of work there. Um, and I've been able to kind of get myself into a physical space, which is a productive physical space. So I think that's that's been good. I think the final thing I would say, the fourth thing then, is just around um, trying to do think of one thing and do the thing rather than um, necessarily looking at my list of uh, things that I have to do, the, the list of 20 or 30 or more, and say, okay, today I'm going to do all that stuff. Whereas today might just mean that I have to record and edit some videos, a couple of videos for some promotional work that we're doing or whatever. And I'm just going to do that and focus on it and get it done. And then I can come away from my day with my have done list rather than my kind of to-do list. So yeah, I think that it's it's about mindset and pace in that way. Um, it's about knowing the times that I'm productive and how I feel and, mm. and then the physical place where I'm productive as the third thing. Mm. Um, and then I guess just that final point about are there one or two things that I want to try and do and just get them done. Uh, that works for me. Um, uh, that, that is a kind of a process which I think has evolved and I think continue, continues to evolve. But I've tried all the other stuff, Mark. I've tried the, um, you know, urgent, uh, not urgent, urgent, important, all that stuff. And um, those sort of things inevitably for me just fall into everything becomes urgent, important. <laughs> and I find it very difficult to um, discriminate between those different tasks in terms of that. So, uh, yeah, I try to I try to manage manage my time in that way. Uh, just the final kind of answer B for that, because I have different things to do. And you mentioned some of the volunteering that I do as well. Um, I think that I try to. Uh, for example, tomorrow I'm going to be up in youth action and I'll just say to myself, no, that's a youth action day. I'm going to do youth action stuff on that day. Whereas today I tried to do more business stuff. So I do, that. we both know that it doesn't logically work out like that, of course, but I do try and think about, well, 80% of the tasks today that I'm going to do, I want to try and make sure that it's my business and I'm moving all that mm. stuff along. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and equally, if I'm in a different space and thinking about my youth action responsibilities, kind of moving those along as well. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it works. And somehow at the end of the month, it all kind of muddles together and <laughs> some work gets done. Yeah, good. Thank you for those insights. Lovely. Um, so you are very well connected and networked. Um, how important has that been? And do you think that is in, in all the things that you do, whether it's running your own business, the, the work that you do, the voluntary work, all that kind of stuff? Um, it's like the thing. It's just like the most important thing I think that that's and change that happened to me um, because it's somebody said to me years ago was like you know business was all about relationships but actually everything is you know we're um, we're uh, running a project in youth action at the minute where I'm having to get in so the charity work that I do excuse me uh, we're having to get people in to uh, participate in a adult advisory group. Uh, where they're feeding back with the project and it's kind of like it's a fun uh, responsibility we've got towards our funders and um, I was able to get people to that no problem because whenever I contact people to say listen we're doing this um, I'd like you to be involved in it because I've known these people for such a long time like kind of really amazing people by the way and things that they do they were just like yeah no problem that, that was okay and actually people that because of the nature of the work that's involved may not have been immediately predisposed to being on that work as well but because it was me and then you made they trusted me and they were happy to be involved with that work uh, so uh, someone commented to me who was working with me is i like, couldn't believe how easy that was because their approach without having that network would involve 
a lot of cold outreach, cold calls, maybe cold emails and a lot of admin, whereas I was able to pick up the phone and just speak to people. And um, I'm not saying it always works out like that, but that's a really recent example of like how those relationships have really benefited me um, for sure. And uh, even my business, like there, there's the thing about relationships and being able to, uh, I guess, take from that because I'm asking for help, but also within the networks, I find that I really enjoy uh, giving value into those networks as well and, and helping people. Uh, that's something I quite, I quite enjoy doing and feel like it's all part of the, the picture of positive work, positive business, all that stuff. And it gives me an opportunity to do that also. Um, so it's worked out, it's worked out quite well for me. I can't remember if there's another part of that question, but uh, <laughs> networks are good. Networks are good. Um, I, I just want to finish that answer by saying as well that whenever I was a few years ago when I mentioned about the previous work that I did, whenever I um, was working before and felt quite, I guess, lost in my career and directionless, uh, and I went to somebody who was a bit of a mentor for me, and uh, the first question she asked me, she asked, who's in my network? Who, who is my network? And my answer at that point was like, well, my sports team was really the answer. And and kind of four or five years later, um, it feels totally different now because, and I feel like I have a lot of opportunities and I feel like I have a much clearer idea of what's going on in the world around me, um, the world of work, the world of business. And therefore it's much easier for me to navigate that and feel like I'm able to chart my own course. Whereas I think if, without that network, uh, who knows, I may have still been working there. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's with, so the, the importance of network for me is quite profound, I think actually. Yeah, it's been really core. And you said there's something about that give and take as well. So it's not just what you can take from it. It's actually what you can give back and help help people. Yeah, I think like, and you and I know from, from working together in different um, voluntary ways that actually when people think about networks and even networking events actually, and uh, it's about going along and kind of promoting yourself or selling and this type of situation. But um, actually it's the first the first thing we talk about relationships is like what's one of the core tenets of a relationship and it's it's trust and what better way to build trust with someone than doing things together and doing meaningful things together and and by um i guess giving and, and putting that kind of value in so i think that um if you're thinking about how do you build relationships how do you build better relationships to ultimately um uh, improve your work, uh, your business, whatever. I think you yeah, need to start with what can I put into this? What value can I put in uh, and bring along to this relationship? Whether that's in social media, online, offline, whatever. I think that's where we kind of need to start um, and, and stop thinking about it as like a transactional mm. kind of uh, relationship, you know? Mm. And there's a lot of people that don't think like that. They just go along and sell, don't they? And it's you know, sell their wares, push their stuff. There was a guy uh, I, I've got to know really well um, through one of my networks and he was telling me about a talk that he was doing at a networking event um, that he'd been like, invited along to speak to. And it was about uh, generating referrals. He was talking about how we generate referrals for each other. And the thing that he said was, uh, he asked everyone to put up their hand and he said, how many people are here to sell something? And of course, everybody's hand went up in the room. And uh, then he said, okay, well, how many people are here to buy something? And nobody put their hand up. And he said, well, look, there's, <laughs> there's your first problem. We have a room full of sellers and no buyers. Mm -hmm. So like, we have to maybe rethink then, given that's the reality that we're in in this room this evening, we maybe need to rethink our approach and uh, think about not selling to everybody else and actually think about more, how do we maybe build that relationship that over time can mm -hmm. maybe lead to the sale. Um, so yeah, I think that anecdote for me just kind of adds a little bit of color and depth to that whole idea of, of relationships and, and actually indeed these networking events that we all go along to. Uh, nobody's there to buy usually, but everyone's there to sell. Yeah, really good point, definitely. And I guess also like through your networks, you can look at collaboration opportunities and working in partnership. And like I said, we've done a few bits together, both in terms of sort of business and and sort of voluntary stuff as well so is there anything else that you'd say on that or any tips that you'd say on that kind of partnership and collaboration piece yes i think that um whenever you start a business and you're trying to get exposure 
First off, I think you just want to collaborate with everybody because you see it as another opportunity to do business. Uh, when in fact, I've just learned maybe over the last year or so that that's not a strategy. Uh, and actually probably saying yes to everything isn't a strategy anyway. Um, but, um, I, and I think whenever you ask tips about collaboration, I think it's very much knowing what it is you bring and the value that you bring and the unique and specific value that you bring. Because the reason why the collaborations that I do work is because the stuff that I do is distinct and different from the thing that the other person does. Um, if we're both too close or too similar, or indeed we're not particularly sure of the terms of reference for that collaboration, so why are we doing it, um, then it won't work. And I've done things like that before where I've entered into a collaboration or an idea with people. And then when I really sit down and think about it, I'm going, I'm not really sure um, you know, how we get paid uh, if it's a business thing. Um, that's, not, that's not clear. We seem to be very, very similar in terms of the actual um, thing that we're doing as well and there's nothing really unique that e either of us are bringing so uh and that probably makes it lose energy the reason why the collaborations have worked for me in terms of and often it's it's often it's when i've been subcontracted into something um it's been because i brought something different and unique to the table i think that the other person doesn't have so i guess if if someone's listening and is thinking about collaboration and and um when and where and how it's probably just thinking about what what makes me different to the person i want to collaborate with what makes me different and what value do i bring because once you understand that i think it's much easier than to make it work because there's enough mm. motivation there I, I, yeah. I guess and i think i would add to that so it's a point of difference in terms of what you do but point of similarity in terms of um, I don't know what you call it, approach or values, if you see what I mean, and ethos. Mm. And um, I think that's really important for me. And I think that's why I really valued working with you before, because I think that kind of bringing, well, the jargon is bringing your authentic self, really, and, and being really personable and, and, yeah, approachable. I think that's been important for me. I th I think you're you're so right. And um, actually, uh you will encounter situations where you will have something unique you'll be able to bring to the table as well. Um, but actually, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a good collaboration because I have had an instance before where that was the case, but it wasn't a good collaboration because, like you say, the person's values are very, very different to mine. And actually, I wasn't sure I went into that with my eyes open. I think use more jargon. I didn't really understand the full measure of what that person was intending to do with the thing that I do. Um, and it was, I, I, and there wasn't complete transparency there. And I think the reason why probably you and I have worked together well is because there's a lot of transparency. And also, um, like like I've mentioned, uh, we there's something different that we do. So yeah, our values are aligned, and also the the stuff is distinct enough that it that it makes it necessary. Mm, okay. Thank you. Getting deep today. <laughs> That's um, all good. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> so thinking about, um, so you started your business a, a bit over a year ago before, the, well, about yes. during the pandemic, wasn't it? When it the pandemic yeah, yeah. started. Um, and it was funny. So Nikki, who I interviewed on a previous episode, who was talking about networking. She also started a business during the pandemic as well. Um, but what, what tips would you give yourself? If you could go back, you know, 12 months, 18 months, stuff that you know now and that you've learned, what would you tell yourself back then, if anything? Oh my goodness, so many things. <laughs> so many things. I think, Mark, like, my goodness, I think that if, whenever I think about last March when I started my business, and it was before COVID, technically it was two weeks before COVID kind of kicked in. Um, but whenever I started my business, I think that I would have told myself to back myself more to back mm. myself because um actually you know uh i got i got good advice recently i know you and i are trying to get out of the world of giving advice but i received advice i received some good advice recently and it was from somebody who uh you know i just really value and um think they're great and they were telling me you know a lot of it's just to do with confidence and mindset that's what, how they described um you know, the successful business, particularly in the world of like consultancy, which I guess is uh, sort of in our wheelhouse. And um, 
I think it, I would probably tell myself that because what's what started happening to me last year was I was almost starting to get business before I really went after the business. It was almost because what I was doing was very kind of on message um, and that last year that I started getting it before I really went for it. And I think if I really went for it from day one, I would have found it a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, I think I would have, I would have wanted to back myself a bit more. Um, and I know that's a challenge that I guess we always have as business owners, uh, thinking about our businesses and confidence and all that stuff, but I would have definitely said to back myself more cause it works and I'm good enough. Mm. And, um, all that kind of good stuff. Also, also, uh, that a lot of business owners really don't know what they're doing. So <laughs> if, if you are thinking of starting a business, um, don't be intimidated by a room full of business owners because plenty of them don't have a plan. They're kind of making it up as they go along. Not that I want to slag off any business owners on your podcast. I'm sure the one, your listeners are all uh, <laughs> totally organized. But um, yeah, I think maybe just like uh, back yourself if you're thinking about starting a business because mm. there'll be a reason why you're doing it. And if you're, you know, if you've got a bit of, if you've got a, that kind of heart and soul, um, then that's, that's sometimes enough to get you started, you know? Mm, I totally agree. So I've been doing some business startup courses recently again, and, and it's probably the second point that I make after all the introduction stuff. It is that mindset and those, and those quotes about, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. You know, some people see it as a bit cheesy, but I think it's so important to, to have that belief and, and like you say, recognize that, you sometimes feel like you're the only one that don't doesn't know what you're doing or making it up but honestly like you say most people if not everyone has that imposter syndrome or i call it that swan analogy you know where you're gliding on the top of the water looking calm and collected and underneath you're paddling away thinking i don't even know what's going on here so yeah good okay um, and we mentioned sort of selling earlier as well so uh, some of the stuff that you used to do in previous life was around sales as well. And of course, you know, whether you're, you're doing stuff in the charity or whether you're doing stuff for your, for your own business, there's, there's an element of selling a service, even if it's not a product, I suppose. So have you got any tips or advice on um, what people should think about when approaching selling their wares, as it were? Well, this is like, this has become the sales podcast, <laughs> Make Your Mark sales podcast. I do actually, I've got like, I mean, there's some stuff that I talk to people about as regards sales and sales meetings, um, which I'd be ha really happy to share. I think the first thing though, I would say is that um, like, and we talk about it in coaching of course as well, Mark, but to have that kind of curious mindset and listen. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if you do that, uh, you'll, and if, you know, particularly if you're not somebody from a sales and marketing background, if you can, if you can stick to those things, and whenever you're in that conversation, sales conversation with a potential customer, you will have that urge to interrupt them and tell them all about the wonderful things that you do. But try and resist that and try and listen and be patient. And um, I think that if you do that, I think that that's a good setup. As regards specific advice, uh, something that worked for me um, whenever I was sales with my job and then actually now as well um, in my business I always try and do like kind of three things. I always try and do three things. So I always try and agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget one of these now. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna also forget the third. But let's see if we're gonna remember them. Always try and agree a follow up. So always try. Um, if I'm speaking to somebody uh, at the end of the meeting, I always say to them, "Look, great. When what would be a great time to uh, give you a call?" And then. Uh, you can keep it. You can keep it relatively vague. But the point is, whenever you need to then chase them for a decision, it doesn't feel like you're chasing them. It feels like, oh, just you know, contact me to follow up with that, and it feels a little bit more polite, um, which I think is is kind of nice. I think that um, a couple of the other things. See if I can remember the other things. The one of the one of the ones which I felt was really important though as well um, was to ask awkward questions, and, and I'll try and explain what that means. Um, you'll know. You will know as a, just simply as a human being when you're having a conversation with someone or you're explaining someone and they're not quite getting it or they're just not really going for your idea. And it's having that kind of bravery and confidence to say to that person, you know, I don't think you're really getting this or is there something I'm missing um, or that this type of thing. Um, what that then allows, allows to happen is that it allows that other person to say, well, actually, you said this thing a few minutes ago and I didn't understand it or it put me off, or I've heard this thing 
from somebody else about your company, which I didn't really like or whatever. The point is, now that that objection is out in the open, it allows you to kind of handle that and it allows you to go away from the meeting having a much better idea of whether or not you'll get the business. Because, um, and there, there's my third thing, ask for the business. Ask for the business as well. A lot of people, a lot of people don't do that. And it's this, if you're dealing with the decision maker, which of course is is crucial. If you're dealing with the decision maker, um, it's just to say to them, you know, it can be a simple question as, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And like uh, after you've had your conversation, because when you go to that meeting and have that uh, sales meeting with the potential client, that they'll be expecting that question, you know, so it's not a rude question to ask, you know, they'll be, they're in a sales um, dynamic, a buyer and a seller. So they'll be assuming that question is going to come and it's really just down to you to ask it. But I, sometimes we talk a lot about it in Northern Ireland and maybe it's similar in Yorkshire, but or maybe it's not in Yorkshire. <laughs> maybe it's not people are a little bit more brash, maybe. But like um, in uh, certainly over here, people tend to be a little bit shy, I think, and 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 are just worried about that kind of confrontation or worried about the rejection, I guess. And they were to be being told no. But we both know, Mark, we both know that you're much better. If it is a no, you're much better getting it early um, than mm. sitting with it in your projections or or sitting chasing somebody when you know it's it's never going to happen. So yeah. um, ask ask for the business, I think, would be the, the third one. So, um, yeah, what did I say? Set next steps, ask awkward questions and ask for the business would yeah, be no, my top tips. sales tips. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, tips. for sure. And I think, yeah, even in Yorkshire, we still have that embarrassment or or whatever. Um, and I think, yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get. I've learned that in fundraising. And, and just politely, is this something you would consider at this time? Would you consider making a do donation? Um, would you consider working with us at the moment? Simple as that, you know. And they can say no, but that then at least you know, don't you? And and often yeah. it's it it might be a no, full stop, or sometimes it's a no, but not not now if that makes sense and it'll be a yes later and mm -hmm. so that follow-up stuff can be useful as well yeah yeah definitely okay good thank you um so thinking uh, jumping all over the place here so thinking about the sort of where we started in the learning development piece as well um i think what you said is really powerful about how you can help individuals in terms of companies sort of develop and thrive but also from a company commercial perspective you know what that means in terms of morale increased productivity people not dreading going to work but wanting to go to work all that kind of stuff um so if you're working with a, a business what what sort of key questions do you get them to think about that helps you to look at where you help them if that makes sense um well there's always a reason why I get contacted by, by people or why we, we kind of have that initial conversation. There's always something happening in an, or, in an organization. So sometimes the first thing to do is just to get them to say that, um, to say those words. I was having a conversation earlier on with a kind of a health, health trust here. And we were talking about some work that we could do together. And I think that really where, where it came, well, the first thing that I asked anyway was just what's going on for you? In the same way that you would maybe start even a coaching question mm -hmm. or conversation, um, and try and and then what happened was what happens is it was just the person just started talking and telling me about all the things that were going on and everything else, and uh, it's back to that whole thing about about listening. Sometimes that doesn't always happen. I think from a a learning development standpoint, they had mentioned uh, during the initial contact by email that um, in the past they had uh, had some organizational development, but it was quite a quote unquote tired formula that had been used. So again, reading that and asking them a bit about what was that tired formula? Why, why was it in your view tired? Mm -hmm. And I think that um, using that as a way to try and explain maybe why the work that we do is a little bit more immersive and a little bit different. Um, to the just the the uh, psychometric test that you'll complete yourself at home, or uh, in or indeed just some classroom training where you know we're all being sitting rows and someone speaking at us for two hours. Mm. Uh, so I think um, the nice thing about learning development, though, Mark, of course, as we both know, is that it's a really broad thing and a really broad church, but also 
there are so many opportunities to um, do it better, I think, than maybe what it's been done in the past and in ways that are much more engaging with our learners. Uh, so it's really just about finding out um, why they're why they're really contacting you, what's really going on for them, and why is it that they're speaking to you? Because maybe the provider that they are using or the or people that they've used in the past haven't engaged people. And I think it's about that feeling that they get. Um, I think it's about trying to create that feeling that you're going to be someone that's going to be able to help them. Uh, there's other sort of considerations that you might make or you might ask, you know, what sort of strategies have they adopted? Like what's been the impact of that? Have they had the kind of behavioral change? And I guess what you're trying to get a sense of from that conversation is how much do they really value the intervention that you might be might be talking about? Because if the setup initially is that, if, for example, um, you know, during previous conversations, people have come to you with all of their problems, their warts and all, and maybe assume right or for wrong that um, a two-hour workshop is going to fix that for them as well. Uh, so it's just getting a, get a bit of it. Whereas, of course, we both know that to make real behavioral change, we're talking about a longer-term thing. So it's also getting a sense of where their reality's at in that in that way. And coming back to your initial point, uh, I think you made earlier on, which was to do with um, just because. Well, I think you said something around if something that you know doesn't mean everyone else knows it. Um, and, the, and the value that you can bring to that conversation and tell them and you can kind of lead that conversation in a way as well. So I, I, I guess, I, I think in summary, it was a rather long-winded answer, but I guess in summary, really it's back to listening. It's back to finding out what's going, going on for them and just picking up those clues about why things may have not worked in the past and, and then you know using whatever it is you do and why it might be a little bit different. I think those sort of, those those foundations can always stand you good stead in a conversation in my view mm -hmm. and i think there's a bit of a theme throughout a lot of your answers today it's about that listening it's about asking the right questions and it's about building those relationships and trust and really understanding where people are coming from i suppose um and, and when you were given that answer the thing that came to mind and i know we've talked about this in other settings but my big pet hate at the moment is is when you you know, I've been on what's what's been um, classed as training before, whatever, and it, and it's really good content, but it's actually a, a seminar or a lecture or a talk or, or whatever, and 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 like I say, the content's good, but it's not particularly engaging, and and I think my style and your style is very much about engaging people, getting people involved, giving them the time to think and and to do stuff rather than just sit and absorb or, or download and be spoken at if you saw to me and and like it's maybe it's maybe a conversation for another day but i really would urge you know people and if people are listening to this podcast and they maybe are running an organization or perhaps they're responsible for for training in their organization i would say first and foremost is that we know that people do want to learn stuff <laughs> they and they do really value learning you know just because you maybe brought in an external uh, facilitator or something in the past where you brought people in for training and it hasn't really worked. doesn't necessarily mean that training isn't the value. Uh, you know, we saw during COVID um, and I'm on my soapbox, Mark, now, so you're going to have to stop me. Um, but uh, during COVID, it was like the amount of people that were on Udemy and e-learning platforms and they want to learn how to play the guitar and learn how to cook and learn how to bake, of course, which we saw a lot of. You know, people do want to learn. They just want to learn about what they're interested in. So remember that 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 is the case. And there's a task from a corporate point of view. Then thinking about well, if learning development, if employees really value this, and we know that this is the case because all the big um, employment reports talk about this as being a key consideration and factor for someone's ongoing employment. That actually there's a task there to figure out. Well, what do these people want to learn? You know, how do we actually, or how can that be a led exercise in terms of helping these people understand uh, areas and things that they're good at and they can build on, you know, and there's, there's activities and things that I'm sure you and I would have a lot of fun in creating and, um, and doing that almost not assessment center, but trying to think about maybe an assessment center, but kind of an assets type thing where they're looking at the positives and focusing on that. And like, um, I, I think that's a really important thing to know. And then the second thing of course, is that, which I, I said to somebody earlier on, they were asking me about, could I do a training for 
kind of eight, it was like senior managers and it was about um, the people that, uh, it was about manage, basically managing, uh, managing this, like when they interview disruptive teams and that sort of stuff. And I sort of felt, well, yeah, we can do a training and we can sit and get people away from their work for an afternoon and sit and do something, but it might actually just be a resource. It might just be a video, you know, it might be something which is, um, uh, you know, here's a resource on how to manage people that don't like me. Like it might just be something like that as well. And I think that having that kind of flexibility in your approach, mm. both as a as a um, consultant in terms of providing the correct advice and the most appropriate advice, but also as a company and knowing that there's different ways to, you know, there's different, there's many roads lead to Rome, you know, so there's different ways you can do things. Uh, I think just fundamentally what it, what I would say, and then I'll stop talking, is um, <laughs> is is just that training is important and a value, but it's the actual it's the actual learning I think that we're interested in, and what are we actually mm-hmm. learning, and and therefore it's about yes the immersive live stuff that we do, which is really really key, and and it's important how things are delivered, but also knowing and having the kind of humility to know that even though we do think we are great, <laughs> we have big egos, that it isn't always about the trainer and it isn't always about that event. It can be just as simple as, well, here's this amazing resource on, like I say, how to manage mm-hmm. people that don't like you. And that, that can be as helpful to someone as uh, a day climbing up a wall and the pouring rain, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Cool, thank you. So um, before I ask you if there's any questions you want to ask me, that's the scary bit. Um, is there anything else you want to add or say at all? Um, I think just that the um, the yeah the the journey of like uh, owning my own business has been a real like I wouldn't say roller coaster, but it, it's been it has been up and down. And like I would just like remind people if and if people are listening to this and thinking of starting their own business or maybe they have started their own business recently is that it's not like it is in the movies. <laughs> That's not what they say about romance. It's like, it's actually very different and there will be times where you've got to make sacrifices and there will be times that you've got to kind of make ends meet and it's a little bit challenging. And there will be times when you're lying in bed awake at night worrying about stuff and those sort of things do happen. I think it would just say that all of that is totally normal. And actually, um, I would challenge any business owner of an established business, you know, that's maybe going 12, 15 years and whenever you meet them, they've got a nice suit and they've got a nice car that actually when you scratch the surface and you ask them about the real start of their business, that they probably will say to you that for the first few years, they couldn't pay their mortgage or they thought they were going to lose their house or they actually had to move in with their parents or all these sort of things that we never actually see because of the world that we live in and social media that we just assume everyone around us is super successful, which whenever you're struggling with sales or you're struggling in an aspect of your business, that you think you're the only person in the world that does that. I think it would just like to remind everybody that that totally is not the case and everybody has those challenges and all those all those problems that you'll have in your business are what every single business owner goes through day in, day out. So, you know, don't worry about it. It's, um, it's totally normal. Just to, just to say that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really helpful. And I, I guess for me as well, running your own business can be quite isolating, whether you've got a team or, or whether it's just you and, and sort of having um, people that you can talk to, maybe other business owners. We've had various chats over the number of months. It's been really helpful just to, yeah. to share pain, share successes, yeah. share ideas. And I think that's really important as well. So you don't feel like totally on your own, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think so. It's like, uh, which why when uh, the earlier point I made about networking to me continues to be of so much importance because yes, there is a, a commercial aspect to that. And we're always thinking about how we can get business and get paid. But whenever you have built up trust with people and you can be your authentic self and you can show up as your authentic self, it does mean that like if you're just having a like what I call a William Day sometimes, <laughs> you need to speak to somebody. It just means you're you're in a community of other people that have had been through the same thing that you're going through, and they can even have that call where they can just settle you down, or there's something really niggling away at you that you can just speak to them, and it, it does really really help. So um, yeah, never never underestimate the value of that as a business owner. Great, thank you. And yeah, if people want to connect, you can find you on LinkedIn and, and my LinkedIn. Your 
content. So look up William Redpath on on LinkedIn. Really, please good do. Videos. Yeah, come come find me. Yeah, it's all good fun. Okay, so is there anything you want to ask me? Yes. So, Mark, you've been going longer than me. You've you've, you've been in business longer than me. Um, and I, uh, the question I would have uh, for you is, how do you keep yourself motivated? That's a good question. Did you did you kind of see the fear on my face? I was like, what's he going to ask me here? Um, I know, and I give it a lot of build up as well. <laughs> yeah. So in October um, this year, which is twenty twenty one, for those that listed, um, it'll be four years. Um, so yeah, really good question, and I think I think it's um, taking time to reflect, and so you're often told aren't you particularly as a business startup don't just work um in the business or operationally or, or get bogged down in the day-to-day stuff but take a bit of time to work on the business take a step back and and you know mm. reflect how are you doing whether that's in terms of business planning you know have you got a sense of where you're going your goals all that kind of stuff so i think that's really important keeping that positive mindset um remembering the things that you've done well um getting feedback so again we're in the training world so almost like to some extent that's easier because you know you expect don't you when you do a training course to to be asked to fill in an evaluation or feedback um so i, I really find that helpful because that again that's good for for motivation and you know sometimes i do get the few comments where it's actually this hasn't landed well and actually this would be ideas for how it could be different um so i take those on board but yeah i think definitely time time to reflect but but it goes back to your earlier point about that transformation stuff and and whether i'm working with a charity and you know you're helping them to make more impact or you know tell their story a bit better to leave in more support or whether you're working with the business and and you know the buzz of them sort of generating more sales and revenue and what that might do for their lifestyle their family whatever it's that difference it's that making that impact and i think that's Mm. what i really like um and the other thing that you said earlier really resonates with me kind of understand yourself so you know know when you're having a bit of an off day and go right okay so what can i do to make life easier today um what can i do that's easier can i have some time off or or whatever and i know again people listening to this might not have that luxury um but i think learning to read yourself and and what you need and, and what gives you the best um environment physically but also you know headspace to succeed i think is really important so yeah mm. good question can i ask you one more do you have time for one more question yeah go on then <laughs> we are all night um <laughs> How important is a vision in work or business? As in the sort of the greater, the bigger picture? Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it is really important because otherwise you know, we can all be busy fools, can't we? We can all be like, oh, yeah, I'm so busy. I've done my, I've got 50 things on my to-do list. I've managed to do 20 or not. But but so what 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 is that trying to achieve both for you and for the people that you're helping and i think sometimes it's easy to get to um forget that and just get caught up in the here and now and the day to day and sometimes that's okay but i think that regular taking a step back and think why am i doing this so you know and uh, again one of the things I, I talk about on the business startup um course is a lot around the simon sinek's the golden circle the why so you know why are you doing what you're doing and not just about oh, i want to make a profit or i want to you know work less hours or whatever but actually what why are you doing this what what resonates with you um so like for me kind of helping people making that difference whether it's in a charity setting or whether it's a business it is so important um and that's what keeps me motivated which goes back to your other question as well i think uh it, it does and i asked a question i asked that question deliberately because uh it's something that i've been kind of thinking about a lot recently and like um just to say and this hopefully this resonates with some with some people as well in terms of like starting a business and imposter syndrome and all that sort of stuff but um whenever i started my business just to respond to the vision thing whenever i uh, started my business 
I just assumed nobody was going to buy anything that I was selling. Uh, and then of course people start buying the stuff and then you go, Oh, this is amazing. People are buying. I've made my first pound coin. It's great. And then you start thinking, okay, the target then is just to replace my salary. And I guess for a while, that's what I was doing. And actually, um, that's not what running a business is about. I think I've come to realize uh, it's it's about creating a commercial business, not like buying a job or, and I don't mean that necessarily in a really provocative or pejorative way. I'm just saying that like, for me, I've noticed that that kind of idea of success, so I just need to sell this number of, and you know, a lot of the stuff I'll do is events, uh, Mark, but I just need to sell this number of events to do to replace my salary and then therefore that's that's cush day but really it's not about that it's be, trying to be more strategic and i find actually that having that vision and thinking about more about my vision has helped me change my mindset around well i'm getting all this i'm getting money but like you say so what you know where's this going mm. i'm trying to think more about uh in the way that you'll do you know work with kind of maybe with a, you know, maybe you might consider responding to a tender, you know, for, for some public sector work in this type of way, uh, which gives your business more rhythm and, you know, changes the kind of commercial reality of your business as well. And mm. I think for me, um, it's actually thinking, well, that in terms of the, uh, the success of my business, that's what it means. It doesn't mean like just having like kind of a hobby <laughs> or like a kind of replacing my job. And that's, so yeah, I asked that question because for me, it's been so critical, I think, in changing my mindset about mm. what success really is. Um, and I, th- I think, I think that's a really good point. Cause again, I think the other thing for me, um, and again, when I do have my reflective moments, I think about this is that yes, sometimes running your own business can be stressful for all those things you said earlier. Um, but you know, I'm used to in, in the roles that I've done for many years in charity and other role in, in other sort of sectors. I'm used to sort of senior management leadership roles where there's that constant pressure where it can feel a bit like a lifestyle. And, and I'm not criticizing that at all. And I wouldn't change anything I've done. It's been great. But I feel so um, re- more relaxed now and since I've been doing my own business compared to those other times and like i said i wouldn't change it because i loved it um but that sort of health and well-being piece that the pace the doing stuff for you um is a totally different thing because almost you'd think that it should feel more pressure to some extent but yeah um, yeah i've not found that at all I, I found it's been the other way yeah which is good awesome cool uh Thank you so much for inviting me along this evening. No, thank enjoyed you for your time. Chat. It's been yeah, really brilliant. good. Yeah. I've really kind of good. forgot that really we were good. recording at times. Yeah, I know. And I'm so excited to, um, you know, hopefully in the near future, uh, get back over to Sheffield, South Yorkshire area. Yeah. Uh, and catch up with you in person. That'd be awesome. And who knows, maybe even get over to Northern Ireland at some point as well. It'd be cool. Absolutely. Brilliant. So thank you so much for your time and, and um, check William, William Redpath out on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you. Thanks.